0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. El torneo Ophil.
0: gol de this is Arscast Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always with James from Gunnar Blog. Goodly morning to you.
1: There we go. That's there the it is. Raise. Get it in
0: early. Yeah, we've got it. You know, making it making it a thing now. One for the fans.
1: Hmm. How's it going? Christmas merchandise coming out with <laughs> yes. that on it. Yes, goodly uh, morning, baby
0: grows, and everything, yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm well, how are you? I'm okay,
0: I'm okay. I've got a smashed phone, which is annoying, but apart from that, How's I'm that fine. Happen? I don't know, it was in my back pocket and I was sitting on a chair and then I took the phone out of my back pocket and and I looked at it and it's got that whole crack right at the sort of top and it's all spider webby and shit, so now I've got to find somewhere uh, in Dublin city centre that fixes... Um, a Nexus six screen, so
1: interesting. Yes, interesting. It's not that. I would have had you down as an an Apple man.
0: No, I mean computers all Apple, but I haven't had an iPhone for years—not years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And yet we still get on. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like the uh, the the butter and jam of of mobile phone technology. In a way, in a
1: way. Um. So another good. Football weekend, it seemed to me.
0: Yes, another good football weekend. Before we get on to that, I suppose we should mention that the Champions League draw is taking place this morning as we speak. The baldy guy has started his stuff already, uh, I believe. So yeah. uh, at some point, we're going to react live to the uh, to the Champions League draw. The uh, the possibilities. I mean,
1: they do like to drag these things out, don't they? So we could be here for some time.
0: Yeah, it could be the longest podcast ever. But hey. You know, people get value for money that way. So the, the possibilities True. are Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Zenit St. Petersburg, or Wolfsburg, where we could face mcbenna
1: Of course. I mean, to be honest, though, I think the possibilities mainly are Barcelona. And Barcelona. Yeah, that's how I see this going.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. But hey. Um, Yeah, well, look, I mean, it's interesting, and look, we should be glad that we're there, right?
1: We should be. We very, very nearly weren't. Mm. Uh, And, of course, always enjoyable that Manchester United aren't. Yes. So there's there's that.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, we couldn't necessarily enjoy that in the moment last week, because, obviously, we were were yet to play Olympiacos. And, you know, there's a part of me that goes, well, it doesn't make any difference if you... um, if you uh, if you laugh at them now, it won't make any difference to what happens to us. But, you know, of course, if, uh, if Giroud hadn't done what he did and scored that hat-trick, then, you know, your laughter doesn't last as long.
1: True. He sense. who laughs the longest, laughs the loudest. And for more time and with he... greater volume. Exactly. That's the old saying. Mm. I'll be honest, I laughed heartily at Manchester United... Irrespective of our game, I didn't think we would pull it off. To be honest, in Olympiakos, but I thought I'm going to seize this opportunity to laugh at Manchester United. Nonetheless, I think when they come around, you've got to make the most of them.
0: How how did you how did you go about doing that? I mean, did you call up some friends who are Manchester United fans, or did you did you uh, take to Twitter, as
1: they say? I, I I took to Twitter like a like a swan landing gracefully on the water mm. amidst a sea of angry Manchester United fans. Um, yeah, no, I did that thing where everything I said about Man U, I put hashtag MUFC so that I knew that all their fans following that hashtag would, would <laughs> see it and it would irritate them. Oh, speaking of Twitter, yeah. what about you getting a retweet from Tottenham's own Delhi Alley? That was a bit weird. He Apparently he's since undone the retweet. Um, mm-hmm. He's
0: unretweeted it, but I, you know, he uh, retweeted the tweet I made yesterday about uh, Mesut Ozil and David Moyes, um, and then uh, quite a large number of Tottenham fans were were at him, going, "What are you doing, you fucking man man? You're retweeting a Woolwich account," is what one of them said.
1: <laughs> Woolwich, yeah, a Woolwich let that account. go from hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, good to know that you know we might have a. Uh, a spy in the camp, as it were.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's quite funny, isn't it? You know, people losing their reason on Twitter. I've you know, I've never seen it happen before, to be honest. But No, but have you ever retweeted
1: a Spurs account though? Uh
0: I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe Harry Hotspur did something funny about RedNap once or something. I can't remember. But you know am I d I'm I'm not a I'm obviously not a an Arsenal player retweeting a, a Spurs account. So that would be that would be a no. little bit different, wouldn't it?
1: No, I don't think we'd be overjoyed with that. But no. funny, nonetheless, from our point of view. It is quite
0: funny. There was something else that was going Oh, yeah, last night. Did you did you watch Match of the Day 2, by any chance? I didn't, actually, no. Right, so Match of the Day 2, um, at the end of the Liverpool game, when Jurgen Klopp was making his scary, half-his-lower-jaws-detached face, you know that when yes. he goes crazy? It's like, ah! You can almost hear yeah. the, like, Argh of his jaw dislocating just to show how angry he is. Um mm-hmm. and then they showed them doing this kind of lining up in front of the fans thing that apparently that was is, weird. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I don't care if they do it in Germany, you look like dickheads doing it, right? You've just drawn yeah. with West Brom. And look, I'm all for uh, appreciating the fans. I think that I think it's great when the players acknowledge the fans, but that kind of that kind of thing Um, Yeah, it just looked a bit weird. So I happened to tweet about it last night and got quite a number of Liverpool fans going, well, you sometimes fly a flag in your library. It's like, what? Oh, the draw started. Yeah, that was crazy Liverpool fans. Ghent versus Wolfsburg. So there's no, no, uh, um, what's the word? Reconciliation with Mick Bentner. So it's going to be either one of the Spanish teams or Zen at St. Petersburg. And it's going to be Barcelona. It's definitely going to be Barcelona.
1: I mean, Gent versus Wolfsburg. That's not the glamour tie of the round, is it?
0: No, not really. But Wolfsburg will certainly fancy that. They'd like a bit yeah, of that. Yeah, they will.
1: I think they're. I think they're a decent team, Wolfsburg, as well. From mm. what I've seen of them. I don't um, think it's been um, the yes. same
0: since uh, since Wolfgang Wolf stopped being the manager, though.
1: No, from that I mean, you know, that was sort of too perfect, wasn't mm,
0: it? The greatest bit of nominative determinism um, in, in football well, since history. Arsene Wenger
1: and Arsenal. Yeah, maybe. a
0: little bit like that. Real Madrid versus Roma. Okay, so that's Real Madrid cool. out of it. So it's going to be Atletico, Barcelona, or or um, uh, Zenit.
1: Are you hovering over the book flights to Barcelona button?
0: No, not yet, not yet. But I think I mean, I'll go. I mean, if we get there, you know. I'll,
1: it's I'll... not Real Madrid. They've got
0: Roma. Yep, they've definitely got Roma. So that's Chesney versus Ronaldo. That could be good.
1: Come on, yeah. Chezer Right. Um, I mean, it's tempting just to look at this now, but let's 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 at least try and talk about something else. Should
0: we? I mean, yeah. like what? I'm just I'm just sitting here watching Twitter update, going, um, "Come on, you know, give us give us something, draw us out, so that we can, you know, this improv kind do of stuff want, isn't going." Do you wrong. want Barcelona? I don't know that I necessarily want them. No, I prefer not to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like I'd like Zenit. I, I, maybe I'm just being uh, fatalistic here. But it just feels to me like Barcelona would be our award. PSG versus Chelsea. Woo. There's one. That's a good draw. That is a good draw, isn't it? I'd forgotten Chelsea were still in the Champions League, actually. You know, it's know. it's I've weird. It's weird that. to see a, a championship club in there.
1: But yeah, impressive. <laughs> for someone so so, you know. Locked in the relegation mire. Yes, actually,
0: there was a thing. Some people yeah. have, have asked, and maybe we should just talk about that for a second. What do we want to happen tonight between Leicester and uh, and Chelsea?
1: Well, I mean, I Le- want Leicester to beat Chelsea.
0: Yes, I do too. I don't care if we get knocked off the top you? of the table. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you don't get a, you don't get a trophy for being top December the fourteenth, do you? No, I mean, you, as far as I'm aware. So yeah. you know, let's let's be top in May. I'm not. Uh, it's nice to be top. But I'd much rather see Chelsea lose. Yes. Yes. Me too. Good. I'm glad we all agree. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, basically... Arsenal, I think Barcelona!
0: That, uh... Arsenal, Barcelona! Yeah. No way! Of course. Who could have seen that coming? Wow. I better do a tweet about that. Um, you know, just because, like, nobody else has, has tweeted it, you see. Um, yeah. I'm going to put hashtag told you... There you go. Wow. I mean... I look, I mean, the thing about Barcelona is, right, you know, they're pretty much overrated. There's no question about, you know, who are these guys like Suarez and Messi and Neymar? Apparently they've only got something like 100-and-something goals between them in the last 12 months. I mean, it's pretty rubbish.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, listen. Who is... Don't you remember that quote from Costa Rica coach... Ricardo Lavalpe who is Messi Gentlemen of the press I present to you Joel Campbell
0: yes he found him on the street kicking cans playing football with cans
1: yeah who is Messi he said when he introduced him yeah. brilliant I'm not worried about Messi I'm not worried about Suarez I'm not worried about Neymar I'm not worried about Iniesta no it'll be easy yep yeah.
0: it's all it's going to be the Joel Campbell breakthrough moment he's going to he's going to do the job that's it I mean look I don't even know I why we're worried I feel sick
1: guys I feel a bit sick. <laughs> it was fucking inevitable, though, wasn't it really? Jesus. Why did we bother with all this Olympiacos nonsense? What were we thinking? What have you done, Giroud? Yeah. <laughs> Giroud, you idiot. Oh, God. back out of favour again. Yeah, exactly.
0: Fucking asshole scoring hat tricks. I mean, for God's oh. sake, why couldn't
1: he miss like he normally does? I'm so annoyed. Yeah. So annoyed. <laughs> well, look, it's a lovely away day. If you fancy the trip to Barcelona, anyone... Mm-hmm. Wonderful place to go. Is it home leg first? Uh, It looks like it. um,
0: It looks like it was drawn. Arsenal versus Barcelona. So, yeah. Hey, you know, you remember there a couple of years ago, though. I mean, they were very, very good then too, and we were worse. I think we were worse a couple of years ago, and they were probably still as good as they are now. Maybe they're a little bit better now, but they were as good, right? And we came within. A Bentner mischance chance of knocking them out.
1: I know. You know, I so know. look, let's not lose all hope here. I mean, look, it'll be fun to watch, <laughs> won't it? Uh. I, I I'm just gonna think of it as the sort of a you know, an enjoyable, friendly game. Mm. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. It's good. Oh god. cockland won't be back, will he? No. Nor, no, nor
0: Cazorla, no. nor Wilshire, nor Welbeck.
1: Nor it's a showdown between Flamini and Messi that everyone's been waiting to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's the football world has been, has been anticipating this battle for many, many years.
1: Yeah, he's been coming up against Ronaldo in the Classicos, and that's one thing, but this is a whole other level. Mm. Um Thomas for Marlon coming back? Yeah. Yeah, if but, he plays football, I don't know if he plays football anymore, does he?
0: I don't know. I saw a, a, an interview with him at the weekend. He said he he thinks Arsenal can win the title, which is nice of him. Mm. I mean, I guess That's he's nice got time on his side to to study. I don't know if he's he's been playing an awful lot, but you know, who knows who could be injured between now and and February? Though I guess it's taking place <laughs> I mean, in February. A, a lot of
1: people, I imagine.
0: Well, I no, I, no. I was talking specifically about Barcelona players. You know, I was uh, uh, maybe right. they might you know one of them might fall down the stairs. Or something, but
1: then that wouldn't Are make any difference. Yeah, sort of you know. Conspiratorial. Are you saying Thomas Vermaelen should push one of his teammates down the stairs?
0: I'm not saying that so much as hoping <laughs> that will happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it seems like the least he could do.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They just get them into the old Barcelona lab, give them the old, you know, that you know, and uh, they're all fixed again by magic. Mm. I don't know what it could be that makes them all fit all the time. I've no idea w- why that happens, but you know spirituality it, I think it must be mindfulness they've got like a meditation room I think yeah a lot of that going on over mm. there okay so there you go that's Champions League folks Arsenal versus wow. Barcelona
1: mm. 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 delicious Merry Christmas yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: goodly Champions okay. League to you
1: yeah <laughs> so um, happier tidings Aston Villa yeah it was a really... Remember that? Remember the heady days of when we were just excited about all that? Yeah, winning yesterday before, you know,
0: our inevitable doom was was brought onto yeah. the horizon.
1: Well, um, yes. It was good, wasn't it? And we are top of the league. Let's remember that. We are top of the Premier League for yeah. now. I mean, if you're listening to this tomorrow, we might not be. Yeah. But that's your fault. You should listen quicker.
0: Well, I hope we're not. You know, if you are listening to this tomorrow... Let's yeah. hope we're not top of the table. Um,
1: I, yeah, let's go on record saying I really hope we're no longer top tomorrow. Mm. I, I'd, be, I'd be delighted to be off, <laughs> knocked off
0: top spot. Not much of a game, was it, against Aston Villa? I mean, God, they were bad. And no. we were sort of, I won't say dragged down to their level, but, you know, um, we looked a bit tired. And we, it, it, at times it felt like we were playing the game at, at walking pace.
1: Do you think if we'd been playing a better team, we would have had a very difficult day?
0: I think had we been playing a team which had better finishers we might have because they did have some decent chances. Now I know we all laugh at Alan Hutton and I think it's right and it's proper that people laugh at Alan Hutton. It's just it's kind the only of ridiculous. Thing to do, really. Yeah, you know there's no point uh, Aston Villa uh, or their managers or anybody else complaining about being bottom of the league when you consistently pick Alan Hutton. I mean there's no excuse for it, there's no reason for it. But he did put in a couple of good crosses in the same way that, you know, you see a video or a Vine or a YouTube of a Sunday league player picking the ball up on halfway. He juggles it over one guy. He clips it over another. He turns, swivels, and bashes a volley straight into the top corner like the goal of a lifetime. But, you know, he can do that once or twice in his life.
1: A stopped clock is right twice a day, even if that stopped clock is an idiotic Scottish fullback whose head is made of meat.
0: Mm. What kind of meat would you say his head is made out of? Some kind of carrion? Or, or, or,
1: oh, or, I was going to say ham, but is that probably too delicious?
0: Yeah, ham is delicious. Although you know what's not delicious? You know those kind of um slices of... Cheap, cheap ham that are all slimy and... They have like together. like
1: white veiny sort of wet bits running through them.
0: Yes, that's not good ham. You know, obviously there's there's good ham and cooked ham and Spanish hams and all that kind of stuff. They're good hams, but those cheap hams that are essentially just reconstituted bits of snouts and entrails, that's not good ham. So it could be that kind of ham. I would give you that. I think it is that kind of ham. Yeah. It is that kind of ham. Yeah. I mean, what, what was he doing for the penalty? And what was the referee doing for the penalty? What was going on there?
1: I don't think we'll ever know. I think he was sort of flirting with the idea of giving a penalty, wasn't he? He was, he was teasing everyone. I think, I, he know, was, he I think
0: he was not giving the penalty. That's what I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I think he was too. But what changed his mind? Apparently, on Match of the Day 2,
0: it's a good job I watched this because now I'm super informed. Thank God, yeah. Yeah. Um, they said that the linesman, not the one on the far side of the pitch in the, in the Villa half, but the one on the other side of the pitch um, who was in the Arsenal half and was sort of more or less on the halfway line, he's the one that signaled to the referee that it should be a penalty. Despite the fact the referee is standing, what, six yards away, seven yards away, looking right at Hutton, hauling down Walcott. And he, wa- he wasn't going to give a penalty.
1: Bizarre. Very bizarre. It was very clearly a penalty, like I thought, in, in uh, even before you saw the replay, you know. Mm. But I guess Walcott was the other side of Hutton, so maybe the referee was a little bit unsighted. Mm. Anyway, oh. I guess it shouldn't matter if you take a little bit of time to make a decision if you get it right, you know?
0: Well, you know, but he didn't get it right, I guess. That'd be the thing that I'd say. He got it wrong. And he was corrected sure. by one of his uh, one of his assistants. I mean, should we then, you know, uh, talk up the the quality of that 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 officiating team, or just think that Kevin Friend is a bit crap? I think Kevin Friend's probably a bit
1: crap. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's go with that.
0: Okay. But we got the penalty. The right decision was was made in the end, regardless of how it was made. And Olivier Giroud got his fiftieth
1: Premier League goal for the club. He did. I'm enjoying Giroud as a penalty taker. You know, we talked about it. Who was going to step up and and replace Arteta or Cazorla is taking the spot kicks? And I think, yeah, I'm quite convinced by Giroud so far. Mm. Enjoying him. Yeah, I did say. Um, and I like a I like a striker taking penalties. It sort of it makes sense, doesn't it? It feels appropriate. Yep.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Two convincing penalties, particularly the one against um, the one against Olympiakos. You know, that was a big, yeah. big penalty, and uh, under under pressure. Uh, he, he, you know, he sealed the deal for us that night to uh, to make us face Barcelona. God damn it, Giroud! Why didn't you miss it? And we what could have like thinking? conceded in the in the last minute to a corner. We would have been crossed for a little bit, but you know, would have been <sighs> dear, dear, dear destiny, I guess. Oh, for goodness' sake! When will he learn?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it was two 0 before half time, wasn't it? Yes, Aaron Ramsey. Hmm. What a goal. The quintessential box-to-box goal. Yes.
0: Yeah, Michael Cox, uh, Zona Marking, wrote a good piece yesterday uh, on the Guardian website about this goal and how Ramsey is, you know, the archetypal box-to-box midfielder. He won the ball and then took off on a run and 70 yards later, uh, he put the ball in the net. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. I mean, we should probably say it wasn't quite in his own box to the other box, you know, if there are any pedants out there. But it was close enough, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was just outside Um, the box to, you know, into the other box. So it's, you know, let's let's not let's not fall out over
1: boxes. Okay, I'd hate that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, brilliant tackle from Ramsey. Good little pass from Theo Walcott, I thought as well in the build-up to that goal through to Özil.
0: Was it? it Wasn't? Yeah, it was. And wasn't yesterday the most Theo Walcott performance? of all time, in the sense that, right, he made nine passes in the game. That's it. Just nine passes. Mm. I thought he was, like, anonymous for periods of the game, for long periods of the game. Peripheral. I thought, per- I thought, yeah, peripheral perhaps would be a better word. Yeah. He, he. I don't think he tracked back quite as much as he, he could have um, to help Monreal out. But he wins the penalty. He uh, played a part in that second goal. And he also um, was onside for the goal that was disallowed, and what a finish that was! I mean, this what is just quintessential Theo Walcott. You think, well, he's not actually in the game at all, but he's made a big, mega a big impact on the performance.
1: What do you, uh, what do you make of him playing on the flank? We didn't really think we'd see much of that. You know, only I think only the injury to Alexis has prompted that. But what, how are you uh, feeling about it? Is <sighs> you think he's a liability there? Or do you I don't, I don't okay? think he's
0: a liability. No, I mean, I just don't think. It, <laughs> The way that the team plays it really suits him anymore. Certainly, you know, on the left hand side, I'm not quite sure that it, it suited him there. Um and it was interesting that Joel Campbell was was selected on the right. Um but look, it is what it is at the moment. I don't think we've got much in the way of choice. And as I said, he, he had a he had an, a serious impact on the game and the scoreline.
1: He did indeed. He did indeed. Mm. Um so yeah, great ball from him. And then Urzel I mean it looks like a very straightforward assist, but there's a lovely little shimmy in there, isn't there, just before he gives the pass. Mm.
0: Well, you know what though, I mean, I think in fairness we have to we have to bow to the superior knowledge of, of David Moyes here, because after his thirteenth assist of the season, it would be fair to say that the jury is still out on Mesut Ozil. Yeah. But you know and why the jury jury's out? Back. No, the jury are out on the piss, having a great time. Because Mesut Ozil is clearly so good. They're going, We know what, we know that Mesadozal's brilliant. We don't need David Moyes. To tell us that we're out.
1: out yeah yeah they're out with Mesut and Mathieu Flamini spending Flamini's billions yep on champagne mm-hmm. and cocktail sausages oh,
0: I love cocktail sausages that's what all
1: millionaires have mm. yeah yeah yeah
0: I love cocktail um, sausages
1: so Aaron Ramsey yes sir what is it now three games in central midfield mm-hmm. I think it's two goals and two assists is it not it certainly is so, it's not bad is
0: it it's very good but it does have an impact on the team as well, doesn't it? I mean, that's the thing. Um, I, think it's, I think it's brilliant um, what he does in that, in that midfield role. But I also think it's fair mm-hmm. to say that we are a little bit less secure than we were when it was Coquelin and, and Cazorla. So you've got to ask, do the benefits outweigh the, uh, the downsides to an extent? The other point is, is there any real point in complaining about the downsides? Because it's not like we have any other real choice in there. I mean, what is the choice? No, that's it's it. to play Ramsey and who? Callum Chambers. I don't think that's. I don't think that's it. But I do think it makes what we need to do in January a little bit more interesting. Um, in the sense that if we could find the player who really, really could provide that defensive shield to the midfield, which would allow Ramsey to get forward and to do all the things that he does. I mean, he's an amazingly productive player, isn't he? He tries to make things happen all the time, and and he, things do happen. He scores, he assists, he creates chances, he'll have shots for, on goal. And, I, you know, it's it's very difficult to 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 ask him to curb those natural attacking instincts.
1: It is, yeah. And it's frustrating as well because we don't really know if the sort of defensive vulnerability of the team is because of Ramsey or because of Flamini. You know, we don't really know what it would be like if he had Cockland in there alongside him and we won't be able to know that until mm. February, March kind of time. So... I think I agree with you, January transfer window is about identifying a player who complements Ramsey and enables that partnership to function uh, in the short term, at least. Mm. It is a shame that we can't have a, a massive big ramcock in there at the moment. It is. I mean, you know, I've often thought that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so then, two and a half time, and basically the second half... Was kind of rubbish, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, I think we were a little bit. I think we knew more or less that we could we could hold them a, a, at arm's length. Um, yeah. you know they they're really not very good. Aston Villa. They've got some players that are, they, You just go, what the f- what? How how are you a professional footballer? Like Carlos is- Sanchez is yeah. the one that bewilders me. <laughs> what is
1: every time? What is who is that guy and what's he doing? I don't know. I, he's an international footballer. I don't know how it's come to pass. For who though? Uh, Colombia, I think. Right. I think he's like in the in the Colombian starting 11. I don't know how this has happened though because mm. he is one of the worst footballers I've ever seen.
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Thank you. Yeah. Thank um you. there I mean, was you know uh, well, I, I was impressed by one of his um reactions to being tackled by Aaron Ramsey yesterday he went down and he was rolling around like like a really old school divey player. You know the way they used to, just right. like do those barrel rolls. Yeah. Well,
1: nice to see that a bit of South American flair.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, but, but that's he's, about He's it. one of those Alan Hutton, obviously. Brad Guzan. Not great.
0: No. No. He looks like he should uh, be a bouncer.
1: I mean, I don't know what Remy Gard is going to have to do I think that's five games without a win in charge now I mean they look absolutely doomed Mm. I feel like I've been waiting for Aston Villa to be relegated for a really long time like if I think back to those Alex McLeish teams those Paul Lambert teams they were hideously dull Mm. some of them Um, so they've certainly had this coming but I think it needed the injection of Tim Sherwood to sort of give them that final push
0: In fairness Whatever happens with Remy Gard, you would have to say that uh <laughs> Tim Sherwood's done a done a cracking job there.
1: Oh yeah. To get
0: them to that Terrific. position,
1: you know? He's I mean, he kept them up last season, but I think that was only so he could do that sort of work over the summer to turn their squad into the, the absolute dross it is now. <laughs> uh,
0: but look, yeah, a good win and a kind of a functional, professional win, I think you'd say. Uh, 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 a clean sheet for Petr Cech means that he equals David James' Premier League record for clean sheets with 169.
1: Very good. Not too bad, is it? Not too shabby from mm. from Petr Cech. I think, well, I think he's going to be a good keeper one day <laughs> if he carries on
0: like this. Yeah, there's some potential there, I think yeah yeah
1: definitely mm. definitely
0: and elsewhere um, elsewhere in the Premier League, it was a reasonably good uh reasonably good day for us or weekend rather
1: very good really i mean the the one shame was that Manchester city got that late winner oh but uh you know what can you do? It was a bit of a fluke as well, i know frustrating mm. but you know when when was as kind as to give you the results it did for Spurs. And for Manchester United and, and to Liverpool, Liverpool mm-hmm. yeah, you can't really complain, can you?
0: No, not really. I mean, that was that was very amusing. The Tottenham game because it was one nil, and I had to go out, and then I came back and discovered that it was two one, and I thought, hurrah!
1: I oh, indeed, indeed. I mean, look, that, weren't they on some sort of unbeaten run as well? Weren't they the new invincibles or something?
0: Uh, yes, I, uh, they were, which prompted this. Um, this rather great tweet, which I'm going to read out here as soon as I find it, um, from uh, Gooner John, at Mr. John Friend, who tweeted, 14 games, 14 games undefeated. 14 games, 14 games, I say. 14 games, 14 games undefeated. Coming seventh, the Tottenham way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a great tweet. That's good. Um, yeah, so that was nice to see. Always good to see Steve McLaren. You know, happy. Oh, he's a genius. He's a football genius, Steve Mm. McLaren. Yeah. Um, He has been the last couple of weeks, beat Liverpool, beat Spurs. Yeah. Long may it continue.
0: Absolutely. And of course, he was the inspiration for Rihanna's Umbrella song, which I think uh, he doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, He deserves some for that.
1: Absolutely. And also, he deserves credit for sort of really sticking with a comb over in an era where, for the most part, it's been eliminated, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It is quite ridiculous, isn't it? Dude, just the shave de- the it. The denial. Just shave the head, man. Shave it. No, he won't let go. He will not let go. Okay, well, you know. Unlike that... most of his hair, which yeah. let go long ago.
0: <laughs> Anything else from the weekend catch your eye, or shall we leave it there for part uh, one?
1: Tuba Akpom scored a goal. Good for him. That's it. Yeah, he hadn't scored one for ages and ages. Uh, this is fourth of the season. Got a winner for Hull. He did start um, off very
0: brightly there, didn't he? And then obviously had a he bit did. of a, a dry spell.
1: Yes, yeah, so I saw an article from a Hull blogger saying Chew needs to sort his attitude out. He's actually like a bit of a big-time Charlie on the field. Um, I don't know how accurate that is, but we shall see. So, yeah, second half of the season coming up for him. Hopefully he can do be a bit more prolific. Um, no, that's it. We're just waiting, aren't we? Waiting and waiting for all the injured players to come out. Alexis is in Chile hanging out with his dogs. Yeah, as you do.
0: As you do, Arsene Wenger oh, no. spoke about him after the uh, after the uh, Aston Villa game. Was asked who would be fit for um, for uh, for Man City next week, and he said, "Well, the med- the medical staff tell me that Alexis won't be ready, but you know, Alexis being Alexis, you just can't rule it out." I think he'll out. play. I think so too. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He posted a picture of himself yeah. on Instagram during the week in the gym training. You know, so he must be up to something.
1: Oh, he's up to something, all right. He's out there with some of those Chelsea doctors.
0: (laughs) He's in the Um, Barcelona mindfulness room.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be all right. He'll he'll play. All
0: right. Okay. Um, Right. Well, we're going to take a short break. We're going to do part two with your questions and everything else right after this. Welcome back to the ArsCast Extra. This is part two, where we answer the questions that you send to us on Twitter, at Gunnerblog and at Arseblog. James, uh, questions being sort of crowded out by all the reaction to the Champions League draw against Barcelona. Here's an interesting point from Chris Langmead. Uh, He says, we win? Oh, no, he doesn't. He says, we lose. (laughs) We focus on the league. We win. And what a boost to the season in the run-in. Stay positive. That's the hashtag. What do you think?
1: Nice. Stay positive. Gooner in a family. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I, I guess that's a, a way of looking at it. I mean, the problem is, let's say we lose, we focus on the league. What if we lose in a manner that uh, knocks our confidence significantly? You know, I, I'm not sure you can fully separate competitions from each other and be like, oh, well, that was the Champions League. Mm. Yeah. You know? The, the league's an entirely different matter and we can immediately uh, you know, feel, feel alright again so I, I don't know I think you've got to take it game by game I think look it's going to be very difficult to beat Barcelona isn't it? Arsene Wenger said himself they're on another level to every other team in Europe at the moment mm. so it will be a hell of a test although I think we've played them twice at home and we haven't lost is that right? Um, I I can't
0: remember. I mean,
1: was there a game where we did lose and Zlatan scored goals?
0: No, that was a two-two, yeah. wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, that was a two-two. So two. Was that not the one where Fabregas scored the the penalty with a with a broken leg? Oh, we yes. I mean, we played them. Andrew Allen actually has posted up the record. So away from home, we drew one-one in ninety-nine, and then lost four-two at Wembley. So that wasn't at home. Then there was a game yep. in May 2006 that uh, I can't remember. Don't really remember that one at all. Um, there was another home game then in 2010. We drew 2-2. That was when uh, Zlatan scored a couple and Fabregas uh, got the goal. And then at home, of course, there was that amazing night in uh, in February 2011 when we beat them 2-1. And Arshavin scored that goal and pulled up a t-shirt with a picture of Arshavin on it. Genius. Mm.
1: What a moment. So, so it's not at home. It's not a disastrous record. It's more the, it's the away from home. Yeah, the it? away
0: four-one, four-one in in twenty ten. I think that was the one when Messi scored all four goals. He was very yes, good I that night. That. Yeah, I was there for that one. He was very good. And then there was a three-one, uh, which again though was quite tight because we, you know, we had that Bentner chance. Had he scored that late on, we. We would have gone through on away goals, I think. So, um, yeah, it's been tighter than people perhaps give us credit for.
1: I mean, would you rather be in the Champions League? Let's put it like this. Would you rather be in the Champions League and facing Barcelona or in the Europa League with a winnable tie, very winnable tie?
0: In the Champions League facing Barcelona. There we go, then. You know, it's. I mean, that's what it's about, isn't it? That's why you're in the Champions League. It's it's to pitch yourself against the best teams in Europe um, and maybe to, you know, pull off a bit of a shock or to have, you know, a great night, even if you don't necessarily go through, you know, to get it if we got a result at home. You know, there are uh, benefits to, uh, if you can get a good result, uh, as as Chris was saying, there are benefits uh, but you're right as well. I don't think you can separate the two competitions just as easily. I mean, the players will be determined to test themselves against this Barcelona side. It's going to be very, very difficult because you know up front the quality they have is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, but you know, we, we have some uh, we have some good players ourselves. And you know, when we go out and spend all that money in January and become even better than we are right now, who knows? You know, who knows? Mm, Kim and Chalström on his are going way
1: to not back. Be- yeah, that's it. Those players are going to not be cup-tied. That's the other issue, I guess. Mm. Um, I mean, Why look, don't we... I've there. got
0: a perfect idea. Why don't we just buy the Barcelona front three? We can't perfect play them, but they're, they're, they're just cup-tied then. you know.
1: That's great, because I was going to ask... Nath, uh, Nath Blogs 2 has asked, who will score the most goals against us out of Neymar, Messi and Suarez? I think so. it's going to be Suarez. <laughs> Simply
0: because of you know that time, the 40 million and one thing. And that's all we'll get. You of course. Know. It'll be, it'll score three goals and it'll be 40 million and three or some bullshit headline like that. Um, Lovely, yeah. But Look yeah, that. it'll be, it'll be one of them. Imagine it was Busquets or Mascherano or somebody.
1: I mean, that would be worse. Or, 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 or Jeremy Mathieu. Oh God, no. What if you're a, going to do something, do it right.
0: Yeah. What a weird head he has. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a sunburned potato. Is it? Yeah, you're just googling, googling him there now.
1: I'm just googling him. Oh yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's like it, it's like the top of it's been lopped off, really, and it's just sort of been sanded down into a sort of recognisably human shape. But yeah, he's not convincing anyone. No, I don't think so. He's got very fair colouring. He's got to be careful out there in Spain. Like yeah, he wears a lot of sun cream.
0: Yep, probably a bit of a probably a bit of Irish in him along the way there somewhere.
1: It does look that way, doesn't mm. it? Um, well, there you go. All right, right. Barcelona dealt with. We'll beat them. That will be easy. Yeah,
0: that's it. Then you just you know you. Real go Madrid in,
1: you... in the quarters.
0: Yeah. PSG in Bring the semi final, and then we'll lose to Ghent in the final.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Would you? Uh, Four All Star asks. Would you have preferred Real Madrid?
0: Probably, just because I don't think they're as good as Barcelona. Um, right, still yeah. a very very good team with players that can really hurt you but I think you know obviously there's issues there at the moment um, Benitez is not the most popular the football he plays is probably more functional than Real Madrid fans would like so he's not terribly popular um, Ronaldo seems to be you know a bit crotchety at this moment you know he's not really mm, doing certainly. it um, but you know the, it would not it would not be easy you know um You look at who they have, James Rodriguez, Gareth Bale, uh, that guy, sex tape guy. Who's he? You know that? Sex tape guy, yeah. Sex tape guy, Um, Ronaldo, Isco. They've got good players as well, Uh, but perhaps they're a little less frightening than Barcelona, you know? Yeah. Would you have preferred Atletico to Real?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. Atletico seemed like the sort of team that we would really struggle with, to me. Mm. Um, a kind of high-intensity, very organised. I think they'd be a really difficult opponent for us. Um, I think it'd be very close between those two. I mean, Raul have got the sort of trump card of Ronaldo, who who always sort of seemed to pull relatively well against us. But... Um, I probably prefer either of those sides to Barcelona, just purely in terms of mm. the chance of getting through to the next round. I think yeah. I think we've definitely got the toughest draw we could have got.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's a question um, from Brian at Gunner Faithful, and he says, "Of our current front three, meaning uh, Campbell, Walcott, and Giroud, who drops out when Alexis comes back?"
1: Interesting question that, mm. because. In terms of pure hierarchy in the squad, you would say Campbell and you'd say Alexis would come in. But I don't think we've seen, certainly not for a long time, if if ever, Alexis, Giroud and Walcott on the pitch together. No. I can't
0: remember it happening. Can you? No, not off the top of my head. I'm sure it has.
1: It must have. It must yeah, have. Yeah, but not many. Not not often, certainly. No. Um, it's kind of similar how... To not, how not from the start, anyway. No 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 and I think it's sort of similar to how Arsenal was reluctant a couple of years ago to use Podolski and Walcott wide you know I think he likes a bit more balance than no. that he likes to have you know a Ramsey or a, a Cazorla has been at times in that front three and I think Campbell offers you a little bit more solidity I think he does goes through a bit more defensive work than Walcott mm. um and is prepared to sort of tuck back in but I don't know I mean it's I think I'd have to say that it will be Campbell who drops out, just purely, you know, looking at what, what each of those players brings and the need to. Let's say it is the Manchester the match, the need to win that game, and well, I, don't, I think it will. I think it will be Campbell, but I think he's a, a little unfortunate. You know, I think he's had a good run in the side, but I just think those players are higher in, in Arsenal Vegas' thoughts at do, the moment. What do, do you think?
0: Do you not think that he might? Um with the addition of Alexis try and and do what he did earlier in the season by by rotating Giroud and Walcott more than leaving out Maybe. Campbell. Because um obviously we know that Giroud as a, as a player he's in good form but he does seem to suffer from fatigue in the sense that you know there's a lot expected of him and he you know he plays a, a very physical game you know he's up against centre halves he's he's uh, scrapping and fighting the whole time and that can tend to dampen his effectiveness to a certain extent whereas if you rotate him a little bit with Walcott A you've got uh, Walcott's different qualities up front which we know about and, uh, and that have proved very successful uh, at times this season and B then you've got Giroud either as an option from the bench or as um, as somebody who can who can start a game when Walcott needs to come out.
1: I think it will go back that way. I think the idea is to get Walcott back through the middle. Um, but just thinking in the short term about this City match, I think actually, if you'd asked Arsenal a few weeks ago, he probably would have envisaged that being a game which he'd start Walcott up front, like he did for the Manchester United game at the Emirates Stadium. However, Giroud's in such good form in the last few games, his goal record's been that good, I don't really think you can justify taking him out of the side. Mm. Uh, So that presents you with a bit of a a problem, really. I mean, do do you leave Walcott on the bench? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you do.
0: Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it is a tricky one, I think, because I, I still don't know that he necessarily trusts Walcott to play. Like, if Alexis is back, he's playing on the left. Um, mm-hmm. um, he just doesn't want to play Walcott on the right. I mean, I don't think he sees Walcott and Bellerin as compatible.
1: Well, that could be a big part of it. Mm. That He just doesn't see that that functions as a partnership.
0: Mm. Um, what about Alex Oxley chamberlain
1: Well, there's there's a question here from at Demon Gooner, who sounds like a frankly terrifying individual. He could Um, be just
0: demonic in his support of of, of the arsenal rather than an actual demon. And we better take care just to answer his question correctly in case he is a real-life demon.
1: I'll just see if he's got a bio that explains. No, it just says Highbury, so unclear. But um, he asks, question, we all love the ox, but what the fuck has happened to him? I think he's
0: just at a point in his career where he's hit this sort of weird plateau. There were a couple of times, weren't there, on on Sunday against Aston Villa where he, he had some good runs and he got himself in good positions and just the final touch or the final decision wasn't quite right, you know? And it feels it felt like... like
1: he was just... Yeah, it felt like he was just running into tackles at times. Like he would he would yeah, as I say, accelerate off and you'd sense an opportunity if he released the ball at the right time or beat his man and instead he would just plough straight into the challenge, you know. It was mm. it was actually quite frustrating to watch, I thought.
0: Yeah, it was a bit and it but it feels like he just needs something to to sort of change the trajectory of his season. You know? Like um there was a shot I think Ozil and Ramsey uh, they they combined really well and set him up and it was I think it was a half chance you know there was plenty of people around him but his shot deflected and the keeper had to make a save it just feels like if something like that went in it might just give him that confidence and, and belief, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think he's having a difficult time. I, again, I think it's, it's ridiculous to, to suggest that, you know, he's done or we write him off or anything like that. But certainly in terms of performance, at the moment, you know, the manager seems to um, be uh, more willing to pick Joel Campbell. Um, and that's not a situation any of us would really have uh, envisaged a, a few months back.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really surprising, but I, I do worry for Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think he's 22 now, and this does feel like a time where he needs to kick on, you know, the injuries have presented him with a brilliant opportunity, and thus far he's really failed to take it, so mm. fingers crossed, he, I mean, the problem is that normally he misses half the season through injury, but hopefully this season he can use the second half of the yeah. campaign, to, to improve and keep yeah.
0: on. I mean maybe there's a parallel with Aaron Ramsey who's now 24 and it was what yeah. two seasons ago three seasons ago Ramsey just made a step forward in his career but it happened in the second half of the season because in the first half of that season he'd been pretty bad um, he, he'd struggled like Oxley chamberlain um, n- not through lack of effort I don't think it's anything to do with lack of effort but just maybe, maybe um, keeping things a bit more simple might be the idea and hopefully he can he can kick himself on from there
1: uh, do you think there's any sense or any chance, this is a, a radical thought, mm-hmm. that if if the players who are out at the moment, the likes of Welbeck, uh, Wilshire, come back from injury and seem to be all right, that someone like Oxley chamberlain could benefit from a, a temporary move to a, another club?
0: I don't know that you could risk sending him out simply because of the number of injuries that we've that we've mm-hmm. got, you know?
1: Um, in our locker that mm. we're liable to pick up.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what happens if Wilshire and Welbeck come back? Great, that's fantastic. But, you know, it's not unusual for a player to come back, uh, play a few games and then pick up a little ache or strain or a niggle because they've been out for so long. I mean, that, that's happened, yeah. you know, that's not just an Arsenal thing. That's just a fact of um, fact of a footballer's life, you know, that there's there's often a rebalancing needed when you come back after a long injury layoff. You've got to, you know, you, maybe you're overcompensating here or there, and it's not unusual. So, no, I don't think that would be, I don't think that would be it. But, you know... I I still, you know, I think he's got plenty of talent. I think the manager sees the talent in him, and I think the manager wanted him to really kick on this season by the way that he he selected his team. You know, for the Community Shield, Oxley chamberlain was the guy who started on the right. He was the guy who got us the goal to win the game on the day. I think that's probably more reflective of the Oxley chamberlain Arsene Wenger sees than the one we're seeing at this moment in time, you know? There's my dog going, Mester.
1: There we go. Mm. Um It's your question, I think. Is it my one.
0: question? Okay. All right, here we go. Um Right. I should have had one here, shouldn't I? Okay, here this one comes from KB at MFWB seventeen. Um so he wants to know, realistically, have we seen the last of the Coxorla pair as our first choice
1: midfield? That is a really interesting question, because that seemed unthinkable you know a few weeks ago it was so uh, important to our team that they were both in there together but the nature of Cazorla's injury which is a it sounds like a fairly serious one mm-hmm. has cast some shadow over that i suppose because ramsey and if ramsey really excels in the next few months it will be difficult for cazorla to get back into that position because I don't think you can play Ramsey and Cazorla as a pair um, and then it becomes all about how Cochla dovetails with Ramsey and we don't really know we've seen it I think once in the first game of the season and it got abandoned at half time mm. because it w- wasn't working very well we were losing to West Ham so it could well be it could well be the end of it. and much will also depend on January and who comes in then I mean if Arsene Wenger goes out and spends I don't know 20 to 30 million pounds on a a top-class holding midfielder, maybe that player will will edge out Cochrane, you know. it, it Because it, what we've learned from the cazola and Coquelin thing is it's all about chemistry, it's all about that pairing. Mm. Much like with Walcott and Bellerin, as we were just saying, it's all about that partnership. So if Aston finds something that works, one suspects he'll be loath to deviate from that when players come back in the spring.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, what I... Uh, we talked about Ramsey earlier you know i think when you look at what he does from a central midfield position it would seem bizarre to me to to move him again just to uh what's the word i'm looking for just to sort of uh fuck what is the word i'm looking for i think it begins with c uh
1: hmm. don't know just to punt off no um just to God. What, what does it mean
0: basically what I'm trying to say is just to just to get uh, Cazorla and Coquelin back together just to accommodate them that's the word I was looking for I knew there was C's in ah, there you see what I mean was season there, there was C's
1: in there when they were all along hiding there. behind an A yeah
0: bastards. fuckers um, but yeah no I, look I think what Ramsey's doing in the centre of midfield at 24 years of age you know we've got to keep him there and I think what the what the aim has to be is to find a way to make uh, the attacking flair and the attacking end product that he gives us balance that with more defensive um, stability and security. I think that has got to be the way to go. And I love Kazorla, I really do. I don't see why it couldn't necessarily work with Coquelin, but I don't think you can wait for Coquelin to be fit at the same time. You know. Well,
1: and we need cover and competition with Coquelin regardless irrespective mm. don't we so I think that's the deal that's happening and the other thing just to wonder about you know we talked about Walcott on the right if you have Ramsey in the centre does that right wing position become somewhere where you need someone who's a bit more technically and defensively secure mm. you know if he's going to be bombing on you know part of the part of what enabled Kozola to flourish in the middle was that he had Ramsey outside him tucking in for support from the right and so maybe that is an area of the squad where if Oxlade Chamberlain doesn't indeed step up, you know, there could be room potentially for, for an addition there to help balance the team. Yeah.
0: I think I said it um, on the Cast on Friday with, a, with a Tim from Ars to I that it wouldn't surprise me if we also signed a forward. Really mm. wouldn't. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but apparently our, our esteemed um, podcasting colleague, Monsieur Philippe O'Claire, was talking on the mm. Arsenal America podcast about how things are afoot for signings in January. Now I haven't had a chance uh, to listen. to the Arsenal America podcast with uh with Chris. And uh, yeah, so that would be interesting. Who knows what that though? That would be interesting. Mm.
1: Let's 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 keep our ears to the ground. Yes. Um this is a question from Aaron Porter at P Funk R V A. And he R- RVA, does that mean Raver, do you think? Is that an abbreviation?
0: I don't know. I hope
1: it is. Robin
0: Van Assel. He asks...
1: Yeah, it could be that. He asks, Thoughts Chesney was a top number one. Now with Czech, the talent gap is staggering. Do you ever see a return for the pole?
0: Hmm. Um. Look, it's difficult to see it, isn't it? Because if Czech can keep going for another X amount of years, we know that Arsene Wenger likes, a, likes an experienced goalkeeper, really, doesn't he? You know, he had Seaman for years and years, and maybe kept yeah. him perhaps a season too long in the end. Yeah, possibly. Maybe, and Jens was there as well. And, and look, Czechs come in and done very well. Chesney seems to be doing okay at Roma, despite some you know, ups and downs. Um, but it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because Chesney's not going to want to sit and not play. And I think at some point we're going to have an issue with Ospina as well, um, that he's not going to want to sit on the bench um, so I think that's going to be an interesting situation for Arsene Wenger to to deal with. Ospina will obviously play, I think, in the uh, in the FA Cup, uh, yeah, which is fair enough. I get that completely, uh, but will that be enough for him to to keep him happy and keep his? You know, he he's been a number one goalkeeper at his clubs since he came to Europe, um, and he's the number one goalkeeper for his country. And I don't know that he's going to want to do another season of that. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the manager then balances that side of things uh, next season, whether it's Chesney who, who will come back and, and feel like he could understudy Czech and learn from Czech or whether he's going to want to play first-team football. But look, at the moment, it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Um Simply because Czech is is playing so well and the impact he's had on the team, I don't think is. Um, I don't think he can look beyond it. It's been fantastic, hasn't it? That opening day of the season aside, it's he's been fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think he's been superb, and I I can't see Chesney coming back. Which which saddens me a little. I do think he's a keeper with great potential, um, and I do think I'd hopes that you know a year with Roma might make him uh, suitable to come out but I just can't see it I can't see him wanting to go back to being a reserve I can't see Czech being displaced any time in the next three years or so Um, and I do wonder how deep those disciplinary problems run I think that maybe his time with the club will be officially over mm. come the summer.
0: Speaking of another lone player, I was just looking at something there um, about Carl Jenkinson. A lot of people talking about, you know, Debussy perhaps moving on and bringing back Jenkinson. And uh, the feeling in this particular West Ham site that I was looking at, uh, Jenkinson has been out of the team. He's, uh, I think uh, James Tompkins was playing right back. Uh, who's a centre half obviously and uh, the the feeling among the West Ham fans is that Jenkinson has been really poor so far this season so um, yeah one guy says hang on pity no one listened to some of us on here during the summer it was quite obvious last season he was not a Premier League fullback um, so there's there's another one that's you know struggling a little that's bit on loan that's interesting
1: isn't it mm. yeah I saw he'd fallen out of the side I mean I think as far as I understand that. The loan agreement is until the end of the season, so I don't, I can't necessarily see that being terminated. But mm. I mean, <laughs> do you want a player back who's that out of form as well? I don't know. Um, I mean, James Tompkins is no great shakes.
0: No, he is not.
1: So it's troubling if he's getting in the team out of position ahead of Jenkinson, definitely. Mm.
0: Okay, well, here's one. I think we've got time for one more. Um, okay. This one comes from uh, Nath. This is a second Nath of the show, but it's not the same one. This mm-hmm. is Big Na, Big Na 92. Um, okay. So he, he says, uh, he's talking about our, our German playmaker. He said it's, yeah. his name is awful, often pronounced Erzel or Ozil, but yesterday I heard Niall Quinn call him Otzil. So the question <laughs> is what's the worst cereal?
1: Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay, I've got one. Go on. I think cornflakes are bullshit. Go on. I mean, I don't know if I need to. Basically, they don't taste of anything. I agree completely. Just nothing.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely with you on this one. You've got to put sugar on them if you want them to taste of anything. Yeah. And then you're just, that's bad for you, putting all that sugar on, on cereal. I prefer my cereals pre-sugared,
1: you know? So it, fe- it feels less bad for you. It's like, at least I haven't put sugar on it, but actually they're just covered in sugar in the manufacturing process.
0: Like, surely, surely, Frosties are somebody got cornflakes and went, well, these are a fucking bag of shit. How do we make them taste good? We'll dip them in fucking melted sugar. Frosties.
1: I completely agree. Cornflakes are, they are a waste of everyone's time and energy. Yet they remain I, I the world's
0: most popular uh, breakfast cereal. What's going on?
1: I, I know. Even Special K is tastier, are tastier than cornflakes.
0: Special K used to be like Rice Krispies. Do you remember that? Really? Yeah, they used to be like little crispy, um, little Rice Krispie type things, rather than the sort of flakes that they are now. That was what. That's what, what Special K used to be. And then what they changed them. I don't know. Joined, they,
1: they joined together in the box.
0: Yeah, there might have been some kind of cereal mutation. I'm not sure what it is. But and now they're these kind of flakes, which are, I don't know about the texture of Special K. There's something a bit wrong. Yeah, they are
1: a bit weird. It's
0: like rope. It's like cereal and rope combined. I think it is
1: made out of rope. There's not many calories in rope. So I think that is what it is. Yeah. But cornflakes, I mean, honestly, if when I go to a hotel, which is not often, and they're like, oh, we've got some cereals over there, and I go there, I'm like, corn." Flakes. I'm like, I see your game here. You just thought we'll buy one box of cornflakes and no one will ever eat it because it's so fucking shit.
0: Yeah, but you know what I like sometimes about hotels. I don't know if they do it anymore, but you used to get like the mini boxes of cereal. Yeah, they were variety great. pack. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah, tasted much better for some reason. You know why they tasted better? Because the boxes are just about thirty percent too small for an actual real size portion of cereal. You should have much uh-huh. more than that. So you're always so left you wanting more. every mouthful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Not more cornflakes, though. No. Unless there's something on it. Sugar
0: no. or Well, that's it. You get pepper. there, and all of a sudden, like, uh, uh, the cocoa Pops are gone, the Frosties are gone, Ricicles, oh, God, I used to love Ricicles. They were the best. I loved Ricicles. They were good. Can you get them anymore? I don't know that you can. I don't know.
1: I think they were, like, too sweet. I think they made kids go mad or something. Well,
0: give them drugs to stop them going mad. To you know, to solve their Perfect. sugar-based attention deficit disorder, just give them pills.
1: Exactly. If they've if they've had an upper from the you know cereal, give them a downer. Yeah, that's how it works. That's, that's fine. That's the way it should work. What what's your favourite cereal? I mean, these days I have sort of like grown-up cereals. You know, like sort of Muesli granola-y type of granola.
0: Fares. Granola.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <Granola>. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a mature response there to the granola revelations. Um, but if I had to choose, I'd say. I mean, I don't think you can really look past Frosties. I just, I have, I sort of don't really allow myself them anymore.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm a good at Frosties. Foolproof. I quite like crunchy nut cornflakes as
1: well because you know they're oh they're brilliant.
0: They've turned something shit into something that's actually quite good. You
1: know, they've made you know chicken soup out of chicken shit. Mm-hmm. In a in a sense, I hate that fucking chicken on the cornflakes box. I'm, I'm sick of him. I want to see him fight Tony the Tiger.
0: But there's only going to be one winner. There's exactly. only one winner there. Tiger versus chicken. Yeah, but what about? I mean, that
1: tells you everything you need to know.
0: What about if Tony the Tiger fought Coco the Monkey?
1: Like monkeys, oh, they, but they, they Coco's got them. all his little mates. He's got all his little mates, hasn't he? Isn't there They're like all different animals who also like Coco Pops.
0: Like Rhiney the Rhino and, and
1: Oxford the I'm Sure, the Ox. he's got mates like that. Yeah. Although I might be thinking of the monkey from the Umbongo ads now. I don't know I'm about that. I'm not saying, I mean, yeah. Do you remember Umbongo? I do. They I drink think it it was... in the Congo. It's sort of a racist juice drink.
0: Yeah, it was quite racist, actually, yeah. <laughs> not as racist um, as the Kiora ad. I think that was quite racist as well. Was it? Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember that. Do I remember that one. It was too orangey for tuken, crows. Yeah, no, it was the guy who went along going it's too orangey for crows, but the crows are sort of these stereotypical a bit like the Disney uh crows.
1: Oh, like the Disney crows. Mm.
0: I've
1: I think seen that a was, cricket yeah. bat and all that.
0: I think that was quite racist actually. But anyway.
1: Anyway, enough of this these racist food products. Let's t- I want to see that chicken. Or whatever he is, cock, I should say, on the Cornflakes box, mm. taken out by a rampant Tony the Tiger.
0: Yeah. Tony the Tiger hopped up on sugar based cereals. He's lost his fucking mind. He's so,
1: come on! He's got a napkin round his neck, hasn't he? That's never explained. Tony! A is it a neckerchief?
0: It, yeah, he's like, a, maybe he's part of the Boy Scouts. Tiger Scouts, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Mm. I like him, though. So yeah, he'd, be my, he'd probably be my favourite, but I'm going to stick with my. My granola, if I know.
0: Granola! Yeah. right, Exactly. Okay, well, look, we don't play until next Monday, so there's no point us doing an cast Extra next Monday. We'll have to wait till till Tuesday to do that.
1: Oh, hang on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a revelation and a half. I hadn't thought about this. Just days before okay. Christmas as well. Christmas special. Mm. Yes. I okay. I that mean, it'll be, be very similar to all the other ones, but... yeah. We'll
0: just mention the word Christmas more often than we do normally. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, I'll be here with an ArsCast on Friday, uh, talking about who knows what, but who cares? It'll be there for you to listen to. <laughs> James and I will be here on uh, next Tuesday. So until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Granola!